Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 72, The Ross Report. Fuck it, they should have done it live. God damn it. (laughs) So this was a segment on WCW Worldwide, which was one of the TV shows that WCW had, but also from WCW Main Event. Another WCW had a lot of TV shows back in the day. The early cable TBS party. Yes. They were all like... TBS wrestling. Yeah, exactly. But both, obviously, both of them were produced by WCW. Uh, the footage that we're going to watch on this show is from a house show on August 2nd, 1992, from the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. But none of it would be shown until a week later, on August 8th. But let's talk about Baltimore. Baltimore. I always wanted to go to Baltimore. You know, like, you know what you can have good in Baltimore? They got some good... According to The Wire, drugs... Burner phones, corpses in, in uh, you know, boarded up buildings. That's the kind I, of thing I'm into. I have been to, been to Baltimore, and my, my fun time was riding around on the train, and that was about all I got to do, because my friend was broke at the time, so we hung out at her apartment and <laughs> ate fast food, and then I went with another friend to, to hop on the train to go to D.C. for the day. Yeah. But... Probably try to catch some shows. I'm pretty sure Baltimore has a pretty decent... Uh, you know, scene oh, musically. Yeah. But they got some good music scene. You know, I'm I'm more of a, a foodie guy myself. So Jimmy Seafood. That's where. Oh, is that where that is? That's where the wrestlers go. Yeah, I mean, what's over? I was like, what's the one in Japan, Ribera, where you get the jacket? But Jimmy Seafood, I didn't know that was a wrestler spot. I just know that there's a place called Jimmy Seafood. Yep. I didn't realize that. Is that the uh, the U.S. version of Ribera? Do they get jackets and? Is there photos of wrestlers? And I'm sure there's photos yeah, everywhere. I guess yeah. there's probably some photos. I'm going to have to check out Jimmy C's. Maybe, maybe one day we can take this little uh, show of ours on the road. Yeah, and, when, we, go, when we go to WrestleMania Baltimore. Once, <laughs> once I run out of recipe ideas, we'll have to go and eat where the wrestlers ate. There we go. What they ate. Chicken, yeah. chicken and rice. <laughs> if they're trying to take care of themselves. Uh, I, I don't see too many of them doing that too, 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 too much. But yeah, Baltimore. Food. What is Baltimore known for? Matthew? Crab cakes. Crab of course. cakes. I mean, that's what Jimmy Seafood's famous for. I know that. That's I right. didn't know it was in Baltimore, but I know that it's famous for that. Baltimore and crab cakes go together like... Uh, Maryland blue crab. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of, of, of like, like a burner phone and, old and old a fashion. drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> we all went totally different directions on that. <laughs> you, got, you said Baltimore, and immediately I just think of the wire. <laughs> See, I still haven't watched The Wire, so well, shut up. You had not seen Google Hunting yet. It's so. fine. It's fine. There's plenty of things. There's only so much time on this planet. You just got to <laughs> dole it out when you got time for it. So yes, crab cakes. As everybody that has been listening recently knows, since I started on the podcast, I decided to put my own little spin and uh, come up with a featured food or beverage from the area, and with Baltimore being known for their uh, amazing crab cakes... Couldn't resist bringing in a crab cake. Plus, it was kind, yeah, of, kind of suggested and recommended, I mean, and and it was your um, idea. 
I'm just, we're just reaping the benefits out oh, yeah. here. <laughs> I, I'm asking for ideas on all this stuff, so uh, I'm never I'm never going to say no unless it's completely over the top or I can't get to the uh, ingredients themselves. But with the uh, the crab cakes, I unfortunately was not able to make them myself. Uh, it is possible to do. You can uh, get some lump crab meat, a little mayo, some uh, cracker or breadcrumb, some special spices, a little old bay, maybe some uh, hot sauce, some peppers and onions. All good choices. All good choices. Oh, yeah, yeah. These ones here, uh, since I was not able to uh, make it, right here in Oklahoma City, I'm lucky enough, Matt as well, is lucky enough to be a part of a, a food group that uh, has an awesome restaurant known for their, uh, their steaks and their seafood. Red Prime Steak, brought to you by uh, a good egg dining group. Go there. These ones at uh, Red Prime, they are... Loaded with lumps of crab, they've got red pepper, they have a uh, charred lemon aioli and a chili oil that comes with them, cooked up nice and hot, a little crispy on the outside, nice and juicy in the middle, awesome. Yeah, I, Matt and I already devoured ours, yeah. so. Yes. I, I, are, yeah. so I can take a bite on here so I can talk with my mouth full. <laughs> and it's good. So some things that happened the same weekend as the show we're talking about today, Bebe's Kids... Bebe's kids. Oh, baby. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Yeah. Kill him a lot. And Death Becomes Her. This movie will all be released. The the VHS cover for Death Becomes Her is something that I've thought about probably every like week of my life since I was a little kid, and I did not watch it until today. You but did I just watch it? I watched it. I said I was gonna watch yeah. it. But the yeah, I was like this. This cover is super iconic from like going to the you know the tape store as a kid, yeah, yeah, and uh, I've always been curious to what it was. And standing there with a yeah. big giant hole in her oh yeah chest, you got to figure and, out. And uh, Meryl Streep's got her head twisted around. Yeah, it's great, great cover. I'll uh, bury the lead on on my opinion. <laughs> and let you guys take the floor on Bebe's kids. <laughs> what is there to say about Bebe's kids? It was such a that was a fun. It was yeah, a fun I mean, movie. I, I honestly it was, it, was, it was completely different. It's a forgotten from most animation oh, yeah. that was coming out at that time. It was, so it was you know a, adult, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it since uh, I caught it on TV like as a kid. But it's a movie that was kind of like I don't know if it was like a joke, but I remember just it's been a thing that friends of mine uh, have just brought up over the years uh, because it's just. It's a. It stands alone as whatever it is. It's just yeah. like oh, you can't compare anything else to Baby's Kids. No, it's just no, like yeah. It's just it's it, it's own thing. And I think it was either like written or directed by Reggie Hudlin, who you know has mm-hmm. written comic books and was the CEO did of Boomerang. Uh, yeah, and did Boomerang. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I feel like we have talked about him recently. I knew that name sounded but, yeah. familiar. So maybe a uh, Baby's Kids rewatch. I think the movie is only like eighty minutes, so it's barely a movie. I need to rewatch it. It's been I haven't watched it since back in my days of working at Blockbuster. So oh, that nice. was in the late nineties. And of course Buffy the Vampire Slayer started Christy Swanson, Paul Rubens, Luke Perry. I haven't classic. done it. I have the show the show as well. I've caught episodes as a kid, but I've never like paid attention. I See, loved the movie the, I loved the movie as a kid. People either love or hate the movie, it seems like. Because they're totally different things, even though they're both written by Joss Whedon. So I wouldn't watch, I didn't watch the TV show until like five, six years after it ended completely. Because I was just like, there's no way it can match up to the greatness, but they are completely two different things. Yeah. The 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 cover of. The movie is a 
comedy completely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That sounds fun. A, I mean, a severe cornball comedy. The I cover know. of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer always makes me think of, of like, "Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead," or like, uh, "What's there's a movie that I love that is a piece of shit that I've watched a million times as a kid." My boyfriend's back, where the boyfriend turns into a zombie because <laughs> yeah. he gets shot at a I convenience store. That movie. that movie is probably terrible, but I've seen it so many times. And whenever I see like the cover of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer like movie, <laughs> I always think about like those types of like comedies because it just has that kind of cover. <laughs> and I hope that uh, you know, he's it's, almost dead. I hope it's as good as My Boyfriend's Back, a movie that probably only skated by by the fact that that song is great and they can play it throughout the whole movie over and over again. I mean, Buffy. Skated by on the fact that you had Luke Perry from 90210. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. In the heat of his popularity. And you got a You had Paul Rubens, who I can't remember, had he already had his little... No, he hadn't. He hadn't. Yeah. Oh, he, he, had he, not, had, yeah. he had not gone to the movie theater yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, remember yeah. if this he hadn't was part of his... The movie uh, sorry for the pun, his comeback tour. But, oh, God. <laughs> uh, we love Paul Rubens. Uh, this, this was one of the, the first times that I loved Paul Rubens as Paul Rubens. Because you'd only seen him as Pee Wee Herman forever, yeah. and you can only handle so much Pee Wee Herman. And, and a decade yeah. after this, you get uh, Mystery Man, <laughs> the forgotten classic Mystery Man. Hey. <laughs> Another good one. <laughs> I love that movie. But yes. But all right, so I did the thing. You, you guys give thing. me shit. I watch a lot of movies, and for some reason, you know, maybe you guys are just old. I mean, we're older than you, yes. <laughs> I'm older than both, so. But yes. yeah. Being shitty aside. I think, though, I mean, our tastes are different, but they overlap enough. Matt and I know that all too well from being friends for quite a while. It's like, oh, there's a lot of things that, you know, I'm like, oh, like, I know Matt's not going to like this, so I'm not even going to bother telling him to watch it, even though I loved it. It's like, I I know his taste well enough. And I think he knows the same. But Death Becomes Her, is this a classic for you guys? I wouldn't say it's not for me. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not like something that I'm like... During the, the early 90s, I mean... Everybody loves Meryl Streep for her her dramatic performances and, and whatnot, but two of my favorite movies from the early 90s were She-Devil and Death Becomes Her, just because uh, I, liked, it's I liked She-Devil. Totally you're different you're Meryl a, a, street a, a Streep-a-maniac? Not so much. A, I mean, a, I, a I like Meryl Streep, but <laughs> it's just fun for me An to see her, in, <laughs> seeing her in characters like this as opposed to the super serious, dramatic, you know, or the Devil Wears Prada bitch, or the... Yeah. Yeah, the, the Iron. It was lady. funny. The last two movies I watched uh, both starred Meryl Streep. That's weird. That's, a good well, that's not one I think. Uh, Julia and Julia, where she plays. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. It, is, it was actually uh, very good. But Death Becomes Her looks incredible. Just like the cinematography and then the special effects are fucking wild. Academy yeah. Award winning. I know effects. it's crazy how good it looks and how good it holds up. And that's it's a awesome. film, right? Yeah, yeah. So what? It's ninety two. So it's post. Post back to the future. Post back to the future, but still, it's like you know, he's uh, he's got the money to, to put into these effects and stuff, and everybody's mm-hmm. performance in this movie is great. But I don't feel like it's something that I rewatch. I laughed quite a few times, at least maybe not quite a few times, but when I did, they were uh, full body laughs. When Meryl Streep fell down the stairs, I laughed really hard, and then I immediately Googled Meryl Streep falling down the stairs forever and there's a video of, <laughs> of like the whole thing of her going up to the somebody made an edit where they're like do the whole first part and then he does the like little push and she rolls down the stairs for a full hour <laughs> <laughs> i was like pause this has to exist right awesome but my big takeaway because is uh isabella rosalini because yeah. she's not in 
a lot of movies, no. and I've watched Blue Velvet more times than people probably should. And I uh, always like her, but you know I haven't seen her play any big roles in any other movies. But she's fucking incredible in this. Mm-hmm. So that was cool for me as somebody who you know I like this person, but it's not like she's has this career where she really gets to shine all the time. I mean, in that movie, <laughs> she shines, but her character doesn't get to shine at all. Now, see, I was more of a Goldie Hawn fan growing up. I mean, Private Benjamin, Overboard. What's the uh, one where she's basically Rosie the Riveter? It's not. It's not a particularly good movie, but I, yeah, I'm just trying to think who the hell Rosie the Riveter is. The World War Two. When... Oh, yeah, okay, that's yeah, was, yeah. Swing Shift. Yes, yeah, Swing Shift. Yeah, Swing Shift. An almost good movie. That's one I don't know if I've seen. Yeah, it's yeah. her and Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Goldie Hawn was. I never was, was everywhere in the version. the late '80s, early '90s with all those movies. I mean, hell, I think the next year she came out with Bird on a Wire with. Mel Gibson, and I mean, she had foul play, and she won the Oscar back in the 60s, but Goldie Hawn was just awesome. Spoiler alert, but Mm -hmm. as what I really didn't expect that I kind of enjoyed, not enjoyed the most, because the best thing about the movie is the way it looks and the way it's shot, but the, like, that as soon as they both are, you know, undead or whatever, and they finally get to talk, they're like... Like it's all good. We're friends again, and I'm like, not what I expected. Like you really, you really, I didn't really expect that to happen, and that was kind of an interesting uh, twist. Once you can't be better than somebody, what yeah. are you gonna do? You it can't would mean, beat them, doing them. I feel like it could have been a classic if the movie wasn't so shallow, because <laughs> it's just like a really simple idea that doesn't really go anywhere except for it looks incredible, and there's not really any great like character development. But it's a perfect Sunday afternoon plot. Well, let's go ahead and start talking some wrestling yeah. here. Luckily, uh, you know, we can pad it out a little bit. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. this, this episode's not going to be very long because this video that we watched isn't very long. What we actually did watch were a couple of videos that we found on YouTube. One was a segment from a WCW Worldwide that shows the events leading up to a world championship match called The Ross Report. That's why the name of the episode. And it shows highlights of that match. But we also then did find the full match on YouTube as well. And we were like, we might as well just watch the entire thing. Yes. Yeah. why not? The Ross Report, you know, for the setup and the match, because it's the whole match. It's yeah. the whole match, exactly. And the full match would air on WCW main event at some point, like a week later. So basically, the show starts... With the WCW Worldwide logo coming on the screen, followed by Jim Ross, and he tells us that something major has happened, and then he basically just gives away everything yeah. that they're gonna show. <laughs> I hated that. In this video. Major has happened. Like, yeah, he's like, he's like, you're not, he could have been like, you're not gonna believe this, <laughs> and then you're gonna need your eyes glued to the TV. It's like, here's what happened. Now let's watch it. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, Jim. Like. I have 14 minutes here. I can I can watch your video. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me what happened. But then he throws it to the video, and we get our first match. Nikita Koloff versus Ravishing Rick Rude for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. We join the match in progress as Nikita ducks a clothesline, but takes down the ref. Uh, ref bump. Start, Quick, start off with a ref bump. <laughs> 
Kolop then delivers a Russian sickle for the visual three count, but the ref is still on the floor. Cactus Jack then comes rolling into the ring with a chair, only to be taken down by Nikita, but this allows the Ravishing One to grab the chair and smash it across the back of the Russian. Rude then rolls Koloff over as Medusa is getting the ref back into the ring. And then Sting, who was at the commentary table with yeah. Jim, comes running down the aisle and starts fighting off Jack and the Ravishing One, using the chair on both before press slamming Rude to the outside on he, top. He holds Jack. that press... That, that that press for like a minute. It's like a full minute. He's got him up. It's funny. The stinger then drags Jack back onto the apron, bringing him back into the ring with a vertical suplex. As a second screen pops up onto the screen with a shot of the crowd. What the hell picture, going on? We got picture in picture, everybody. It's 1992. All of a sudden we see Jake the Snake Roberts. Is confirmed for NWO. Oh, hey. <laughs> he climbs over the guardrail, slithers into the ring, and begins laying out Sting with a chair shot, mm-hmm. short arm clothesline, and then a DDT onto the right onto that chair. Yeah, uh, and Jake looks awesome. I'll keep continue. I'm sorry. Doesn't do it just once. No. But twice. You gotta let everybody know that you're here. Roberts then puts a snake handler's glove on. Uh-oh. He's getting careful these days. Reaches into the bag and looks to grab the snake. It's a big old bag, too. But all of a sudden, the Steiners, Ron Simmons, and Barry Windham come running out to the ring to force Jake out. It's a real face party. Robert starts walking off to the back with a smile on his face as everyone's checking on the stinger. What about the, uh, what about the cross necklace, man? Didn't he drop the cross necklace, or am I... Oh, yeah, he did drop the cross yeah, necklace. Yeah, same thing him. he did that like Hogan. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. It's still cool. It still looks awesome. It looks even more awesome now because Jake looks like a meth leather daddy biker. <laughs> it looks fucking awesome. He's got, like, the boots, and, oh, yeah, he looks meaner than, you know, he looks like Jake off the street, not uh, Jake out of the, you know, out of the locker room, which makes sense considering the angle that they're doing here. This is our true invasion. Yes. Yeah. We then go back to JR, and he tells us with the injuries that were sustained, Sting would not be able to compete for the world title later that night. Is Sting ever not hurt? (laughs) It feels like he's always (laughs) hurt. He then sends it back to a video, and we see Cowboy Bill Watts come to the ring telling the fans, Hey, y'all paid for a world championship title match. We're going to give you a world championship title match. In fact, we're going to pick it out of a hat. <laughs> That's exactly what they do. Yep. Which I thought was awesome. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, why not? We took away your top rope. Uh, took away your stinger. The idea is to take it, the, 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 the top seven it. guys and put their names into a hat yeah. and pull one out. But where that happens... Contenders. So some of the names that were in the hat, Ron Simmons, Van Hammer... Dustin Rhodes, Van Hammer. Barry Windham, Cactus Jack, The Barbarian, sure, and Dan Spivey. Ugh. Ugh. Mm. There's a few names there that... That's what the world needs. Like, More some Dan of these Spivey. things are not like the others. Exactly. All of a sudden, Rick Rude 
jumps into the ring and grabs the mic, saying there's no match going without my name in that bag. And right. he should be. He, that's his, of course he should be. Because he's the that. United States they title holder. Yeah, they said Van Hammer. You said Van Hammer, and not Rick Rude. That's so true. Rick Rude should be upset. You said fucking Dan Spivey and not I mean, Rude. yeah. My God. Medusa puts his name in the bag, and then Gary Michael Cabetta draws a name out of the sack. Everybody waits now, with little, bated breath. Little back backstage we're gonna, news. We're going to rewind a little bit. Cowboy Bill Watts was so paranoid that someone would find out that wrestling is not real. Mm, yeah. Uh-oh. Kayfabe, guys. Yeah. That he legitimately had every person's name actually in the sack. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but Gary Michael Capetta was, was going to say the same thing. No matter what name you pull, oh, we're going to say. We're saying. It's Ron Simmons. That's funny. I like that. The All American. I like, uh, you know, I like these paranoid old hillbillies that like they, <laughs> know, they, right? they still they still want to they still want to you know want wrestling to be at least portrayed as if it's a sport. I appreciate <laughs> that, and I think we could use more of it. Wyndham, Van Hammer, and Dustin Rhodes all congratulate Ron, and then Watts tells Simmons to get prepared, for he will have a shot at the title later that evening. But Ron says he's waited a long time for a shot. If it's going down, let's get it over with. That's pretty badass. Okay, before we get into this, can I ask a question? You can ask questions all you want. Or do we talk about it afterwards? Is Sting is Sting, Sting is shoot hurt, right? I can't remember. Or is honestly. Vader going back to Japan? Or we can talk about this later. I just want to know if Sting's really Let, Let's hurt. talk about it afterwards. Okay, okay. So our second match... Ron Simmons versus Big Van Vader with Harley Race for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Vader would throw the title belt at Simmons' feet and the two start jawing at each other. Like literally jawing. I was <laughs> laughing at Vader doing his little jaw shake thing as he was trying to intimidate Simmons. The two lock up, but neither is gaining an advantage until Vader gets Ron into the corner momentarily. But Simmons reverses to start laying it in on Vader, hitting a clothesline, a back suplex, and a flying shoulder tackle to force Vader to the outside to regroup. Back in the ring, Vader looks to take control, but Ron ducks a clothesline and hits a spine buster for a near fall. I was like, the, the face is getting the shots in first? <laughs> I was so confused when it started. But I mean, yeah, it's great. A three-point stance charge into the corner by Simmons, only for Vader to get a big boot up. Hit some body shots and clubbing forearms to take Ron down. Avalanche splash in the corner, clothesline, splash in the middle of the ring for a two-count. More big right hands by Vader and hits a vertical suplex. A uranagi and then climbs to the second rope, coming off with the Vader bomb. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Makes the cover for the pin, and no, Simmons kicks out. JR lets us know that, can you believe the intestinal fortitude? <laughs> I was like, we got a JRism. Yeah. Was that our first intestinal fortitude? I, it's the first one that I remember. <laughs> I think so, too. I think it's the first one that, I think I have a note in here about it, because I was like, hmm, I don't know that we've heard this yet. Ron's trying to fire up, only to be taken back down by a clothesline. Goes for another suplex, 
but Simmons blocks and reverses into one of his own. Vader comes back, clapping Ron's ears, and goes for a short arm clothesline, but Simmons blocks it and reverses it into a backslide pin for a near fall. Vader's back to the right hands, clubbing forearms and Irish whip, and follows in with an avalanche splash, only for Ron to sidestep it and cradle Vader up for a two count. Simmons then hits a sunset flip, but Vader just drops down on Ron's chest. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Rough. Vader sets up for the powerbomb, lifts no. him up, no. only for Simmons to float over. Yes. So Vader goes to come off the ropes with a clothesline, but Ron catches him with a power slam for the pin and, and the win. And new! Post-match, the crowd is going crazy. The crowd was pretty hot for this. I don't know if it was the bad quality video, so maybe the treble was high, but it seemed like the crowd was pretty hot for the whole match. Uh, they've, they, they've been wanting Ron to have some action for a while, so yeah. I think they're finally just exploding over the But, I mean, it's there. a house show, but I guess... It, uh, these, that these, makes it even more. These, this is, uh, you know, there's no internet. There is no internet, and you, you very rarely have a, a belt change at a house show, so if that happened, yeah, that whole place is going to blow the fuck up. Yeah. Including a young black gentleman who's, like, jumping up and down <laughs> the front row. I was like, I was like is yeah. that the dad of the guy from The Undertaker Street? <laughs> All of a sudden, the face locker room empties out to celebrate the victory, mobbing Ron in oh, the yeah. ring. It's a beautiful moment. Yep. We then go to Tony Schiavone who has Ron Simmons in the back, and Ron says, I dreamed about this since the moment I came into the sport, and this is the best moment of my life. I can't even explain. I can't tell you the feeling it is. My opportunity came, and I grabbed hold of it, and I'm here now with the World Championship. This would make Ron Simmons the first African-American World Champion in wrestling history. Love it. And that's the reason why we covered this. Yeah, I mean, it's, even if it was a normal like heavyweight title change, we probably would have covered it. But I mean, come on. It's Ron Simmons. All-American. Played football. Love it. So to answer your questions from earlier, yes. Vader had a knee injury. So they needed to take the belt off of him. Oh, uh, okay. And Roberts was coming in for him and Sting to feud. So they couldn't put the belt on Sting because, I mean, I guess they could have. They could have, but they didn't want to put it on Roberts, and Roberts is probably going to beat the shit out of Sting. Because otherwise, Sting needs Sting needs a comeback match. Who knows? Who knows exactly? Exactly. So they pick someone else, and it being Ron Simmons. Uh, Bill Watts was actually he always championed African Americans in his back in UWF Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog was was champion, but like I guess. That's not I mean, this world. The, this is the first world like world yeah, champion. Yeah. yeah, it's like he was the territory champion of like the Milwaukee exactly. territory. But you know, so world champion. There's been you know African American uh, champions before, but yeah, as far absolutely. as like you know, cable, it's different yeah. when it's not you know Channel Two for only a hundred miles in every direction. You know, exactly. So that's why they did this yeah. whole angle. Also, thing. Bill Watts is uh, an Oklahoma boy. We all know Jim Ross is an Oklahoma boy. Jim Ross is also big on Ron Simmons and anybody that's ever touched a football. That's very <laughs> so, what 
are y'all's overall thoughts of it was the, good the for, angle, the, yeah. the match? If they were, since they were in a corner, they, I think they, they made the best decision they could have. I would have liked to see it on television. But it was a hard-hitting 12 minutes. Yeah, there was... The guy, both the guys looked like big badasses. The win was like kind of a quick win, so it didn't completely bury Vader. But you know, both those guys are so big that it's like you know. I mean, Vader got his his stuff in. He, he yeah. hit the Vader bomb. Oh, yeah, and Simmons was able to kick out, and yeah, so it made beat the hell out of Ron. It made Ron there. Simmons look even better than. Yeah, it made Ron Simmons also you know look smarter because of the way that he won. Yep, which yeah. is you know the smart thing to do with a baby face anyway. Because your heels are the smart ones, guys. But I mean, we get the hot angle to begin to begin the video that we watched, mm-hmm. which you know sets up Roberts and Sting. Which oh yeah, I like all the other totally, setups too. By the totally way, looking, like the, the ones that they actually planned, I like those uh, quite a bit. Like totally looking forward to that. Yeah, the hot title win makes these two videos really exciting, and I say everyone. I mean, literally, it's going to yeah. take you thirty minutes to watch both the videos that we watched. I'll post them on Twitter for everyone, there you go. so you can easily find them. But literally, for no other reason to watch these is just to say that you watched a little bit of history. Yeah, yeah. and also, you know, the I'm sure that'll probably be on a pay per view some of these clips. But Jake the Snake coming out of the crowd is fun too because everybody's fucking losing. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Jake since he left uh, WrestleMania, so seeing him pop back up so suddenly yep. was a good little surprise. I kind of forgot this was the show that he had. Made his re, or I shouldn't say return, but his debut, debut. in WCW. Um, it's just so weird that it was a house show. Mm-hmm. Like the title change on a house show, they they did those every once in a while. But Jake the Snake kind of making his debut he seems like a bad. It seems like a poor choice. Well, when you have, I mean, they were 5, filming it. People showing up for your your televised things, you know. Do yeah, something and also, like I mean, it could have been a thing. Draw I don't know more how attention and get you hopefully better numbers at your next. Next shows. Yeah, I don't also don't know how injured Vader was, but maybe Vader didn't want to lose in a pay per view. He's he's got to be. I mean, he's got a party in Japan. Injury may have just may have just sprung up out of kind of nowhere. Basically, like he hurt himself on this house show tour, and they were like, "Oh, we need to get this off of him. We can't wait until Halloween Havoc because I think the next their next pay per view." Yeah, and we also know that he's probably going back and forth anywhere. It's a good chance. Good chance. This show held up. Over time, I remember watching it when it was new and in, new and happening back in '92. So uh, it's it's been more than a few years since I've got to check it out, but yeah, still as as awesome as it was back then. For like a, just with the little reminder of the Jake factor as to why all of this went down. Cause yeah, I totally totally forgot that that happened at the same time. For a 12 minute like title match on a house show, it's super solid. Like this isn't like the greatest like like a title match ever no. or anything like that but it's super solid and it's hard hitting and like it's a good sprint oh, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't waste any time and everything looks pretty good it's no so it's totally versus, worth watching no steamboat versus savage yeah by any means no but it's definitely nowhere anyone. near hogan versus <laughs> warrior number two yeah it's it i don't even know why i use that one as an example because it made it sound <laughs> like there's a chance that it sucked the match itself is actually really good check it i always think about this whenever I watch a Vader match, but there's a Bret Hart quote about how uh, this. Sorry, Leon, rest in peace. But he said wrestling Vader is like wrestling a truck, a, a concrete truck full of vomit. 
And supposedly he didn't wash his gloves, and he was kind of a rank guy, oh, and yeah. he was also I've like 400 pounds and laid his shit in, probably because he's been working in Japan, and like Bret Hart's, you know, pretty famous for making his shit look good, but being safe or whatever. But Leon leans in a little bit, and uh, that quote, every time I see Vader, I think of that, and uh, it adds uh, a third dimension, maybe a fourth dimension to the match. Well, since we only covered the one match, we're going to skip all of our smarking Smarking it up segments this week. Yeah. Everything that happened here was cool. Medusa and Rick Rude. Huge fan of uh, the way they work together. Yes. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. The NWA was setting up a supercard called Starcade in Greensboro, North Carolina for November 24th, 1983. The main event would be a steel cage match between Harley Race and Ric Flair. The rivalry had become so heated that a special referee was needed to control the mayhem, bringing in a former NWA champion, Gene Kaninsky. Race and Flair would have a heated contest with Harley pulling out everything to work on the Nature Boy's neck, while Flair would continuously slam Race's head into the cage until they were both a bloody mess. Ric Flair would come off the top rope with a crossbody to regain the title for the second time. The rivalry between these two men would continue across the entire world, but this match was largely seen as the torch passing for the NWA. So, this is the last episode of the show. It's folded in on itself. <laughs> uh, we are now, uh, you know, a uh, we are now Damien, e- Damien eating himself. We're just a big loop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So we've, we, we made it to 83, baby, from, like, what, 1900? 72. What? It's episode 72. No, no, like, oh, into time-wise. Yeah, yeah. We made gotcha. it to 1983 from, yeah, like, what was from the what, first like, what was the first? You started in the 1900s or something like that. Uh, yeah, like, 1902. 19... Yeah, a guy wrestled <laughs> a bear at a carnival. A circus, yeah. yeah, and here we are now. Uh, we have a Ric Flair wrestling a bear in a cage. <laughs> For the first pay-per-view, <laughs> go back to episode one. Yeah, if you want to hear more about that yeah, we, dusty yeah, finish, yeah. as, soon as, we, as soon as we turn these mics off, we're just going to no longer exist. Just like blink out of <laughs> off the planet. Next week, we're going to Japan for the G1 Climax 1992. My first time in Japan. We're going to see a crowning of a new NWA world champion because they're having the... The winner of the G1 Climax. And it's, and it's big gold. It's like legitimately it big, big gold. Right, it is the return and of big like, gold. I was like, oh, so good to see you. You know what else we're going to have? We're going to have a food or beverage inspired by <laughs> Tokyo. You'll just have to tune in and find Super out. Super excited for that next week. <laughs> Music from this week's show is the theme from WCW Worldwide. And Ron Simmons is the world new world champion, so we got to play his music. Hold Up. Hold Up. By Vicky Bentkurt. It's nice when it's not the same three songs. Yes. So, you know, this isn't the best theme song, but just be glad that it's not real American. Yeah. And it doesn't have stupid lyrics like Steinerized. That as well. (laughs) (laughs) If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate us and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. As Michael likes to say... Five stars or no stars. That's right. Uh, you know, I got it. I remembered. I put him on the spot. I was reading. I was, <laughs> I was reading something over here. 
Well, my thought was, oh shit, Michael usually says, what is he going to say when he points at me and says what Shane usually says? Oh, so, yeah. You'll figure it out. Yeah. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always email us at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. Still waiting on those requests. Yeah, send those requests for food items or... I can't. We're not emailing them food. No, well, <laughs> you requesting. can email me recipes if you want to. <laughs> but, you know, a photo of the uh, the crab cakes that we made today are going to be available on Twitter. So you send us a, a suggestion, and I make it, I'll take a picture, post it, and boom, you get credit. So there you go. You heard it here first. We'll talk to you next week. Laters. Laters.